This is episode 102 of Relate on Developing Mindful Clarity. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real-life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to another episode of Relate. So, what does it mean to brand and market a business? What does it mean to really hone in on a message of what you're trying to sell to your prospects, to your prospective clients, and to those people who you want to end up buying your services? This is what we're talking about in today's episode. We're discussing how to help people get the most out of their experience. With our guest, we discuss growing from a plateau, and we also discuss how to constantly be exposed to everything from the outside. In this episode of Relate, we also discuss emotional intelligence and why this is key in the business world, why it's so important to be authentic and why it's crucial to have clarity in the products and services that you are selling. It's very important that you find your distinctive voice and how does your brand stand out and what does your brand stand for. We discuss why it's so important to have a personalized touch, especially in today's digital age. We talk a lot about this on Relate where you know, how we communicate and relate to one another is greatly affected by how we communicate online. And so if you are able to create a personalized business where you really have that human touch present, it's going to make a world of a difference. Now for our guest, our guest is an experienced branding and marketing expert who has been developing brands and brand strategy for some of the world's largest companies across industries and for existing and new companies, products, and services. He has a deep understanding of branding and how a company's message must connect on an emotional basis to engage with target audiences to generate awareness, engagement, and sales. And our guest, he, he's uh, really become a, a mentor of mine in a lot of ways, especially in the business world and really helping me figure out my own personal message, my own personal mission, and what I'm trying to do in my work. So without further ado, let me please introduce the founder and CEO of Connectors 360 and Mindful Clarity, Marty Katz. Oh, 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Marty Katz. Marty, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me here today. I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. We met about a year ago now. So it was around a year ago. That's and right. I had the opportunity to work with you uh, through your company, Connectors 360. And I really admire what you do in your work with regards to creating mindful clarity for those who are looking to build businesses, to create sales for those businesses, and really just to develop a life for themselves that is rewarding and fulfilling for them. So I'm excited to have you on the show and to dive into the details Thank of all of this. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what led you on the path that you're now pursuing today. Uh, I've been in marketing and advertising for a very long time. Uh, I worked for advertising agencies. I worked in what's called the client side, which means the marketer itself. I've been on my own for many years as well. I have a real in-depth understanding of all aspects of marketing, which include branding, advertising, uh, promotion, public relations, events. I understand how they all work together. I'm, I'm a strategist. So what I do is I, I developed a strategy for a company so they can connect with their target audience and grow their business. That's what I do. And what was it about this, this specific job of being a strategist for branding and marketing? What was it about that that really fueled the fire inside you to want to pursue that? Yeah, so what, what really interests me and what I find very rewarding is the ability to take a company, a product, a service, or an individual and find a way for them to get the most out of their professional experience. For many people, uh, artists, for instance, it could be exposure, which would lead to recognition and a growth of, uh, of interest in their work. Uh, in not-for-profits, it's about finding ways to develop uh, volunteers and a donation base that's ongoing and programs that are effective. And a lot of work that I do is in the for-profit space. Uh, and, and for these people, it's about developing connections with a target audience leading to uh, generating business leads and ongoing sales growth. So those are things that are very exciting to me because I, I enjoy being of service to people in those areas. Well, it must be interesting, too, to see someone from the start and after you work with them to see the evolution of really what their business started out as, whether it was the, the service that they're providing or the, or the website that they've created, and then seeing what it becomes as well, like on the other side after you work with them. I imagine it must be pretty incredible to see that transformation. It, it is absolutely, and it's very rewarding. Uh, most of my clients have ongoing businesses and they're at a plateau area. They want to grow their business. So it's really my job to find ways to extend that growth. And yes, it's very exciting for me to see uh, the progress. I have a client that uh, right now that I've just met with this morning at a BNI event and I, I worked with her on her own messaging uh, and she was able to present it today at this networking group very effectively and with confidence and with clarity. And so I find that to be very rewarding so that people can, can find ways to enhance their business by, by connecting with others. So that's why I call my company Connectors 360. It's about making connections. Yeah, I really love that name too. Because uh, where Now, where does the 360 come from? Is I mean, it, it, it means it's uh, in all directions. Yeah. 
So I, I love can, that. Connections can come from and go in all directions. 360 is another way of saying 24/7, but it's a little bit more <laughs> a little bit more modern than 24/7. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And what what I really love about what you're doing is that you really almost like clean up the the mush or the distractions away from from people and, and what they want to be pursuing because especially in this 21st century the digital age so many things are coming at us so much stimuli is always hitting at us at a wide variety of different directions and i think what you do from a business standpoint is you really hone in and figure out okay what is this person or this service trying to say and uh, at least in my experience you do a great job of clearing out every everything Uh, like how how is it that you're able to do that yeah so what you're talking about is that we all carry with us uh, something that's called either conditioning or head trash it means stuff that gets in the way memories that that uh, that come and go often haunting us uh, past experiences that may or may not have worked out to our, to our advantage, things that people have told us, things that we believe that people have told us, whether or not they're true is another matter. So all this head trash or conditioning, conditioning is what we get from our parents, from our uh, schools, from the military, uh, from faith-based organizations, and your own local geographic environment that tell you about stuff that that is not necessarily true, but it gets in the way. So the thing that I do is I'm able to cut through all that. The way I'm able to do it is that I listen closely to people and I see what's going on behind the words. So someone could tell me that they may be stuck in a certain way or they're resistant to what I'm saying. I look beyond that. So what what are the words beyond the words? What is the actual activity that's going on behind them? I'm able to see things that they don't see. Uh, often there are things that are energetic in value that they're maybe not comfortable with seeing, but which can actually be used in advantage to tap into certain energies that they have, certain knowledge that they have, uh, to really focus on themselves as being the primary mover and, and shaper of their uh, professional business relationships. Yeah, I I think that that specifically this work is so crucial today because I think that it's really easy to tell ourselves lies or convince ourselves that oh we're supposed to be pursuing a certain path or perhaps we're supposed to be doing this business or this service or this that or the other thing and really what you do from my experience and then going off of what you just said is you really cut into people and expose things about them that they didn't even recognize within themselves. Yeah, that, that's correct. And that is, it, this may sound like a kind of like a pop psychology, but in fact, that's not. This is very business-like. This is very uh, outcome and results oriented. Uh, and I'm able to suss out what is the most vital thing that people need to say about themselves so they can connect. And one thing you mentioned earlier is about our constant exposure to messages from outside. We're overwhelmed by digital messages. We're, it's, it, how many emails? How many text messages? Uh, all the media is filled with stuff. We, don't, we can't, we're, we're drowning in, in messaging. So if a company wants to stand out, they have to find a way, or an individual has to find a way to, to be so separative and to be so distinctive 
and to respond to a need in the marketplace that people have to at least uh, engage with them to find out what they're talking about. Yeah. So that's, that is the process that I lead people through. And kind of going off of that, you also have another practice that I feel like is very much related and serves obviously a, a different purpose, but is related to what you're doing with Connectors 360. So I'm wondering if you could chat with us about that a little bit as well. Sure. So Connectors 360 is primarily a branding and messaging service. I also have something called Mindful Clarity. Mindful Clarity is a service that uh, is intended for senior level people typically at, at companies and the problem that they have is they don't have the space to really think creatively so they can make the decisions that they need to make for themselves, for their teams, for their other stakeholders. Uh, they're overwhelmed by choices that they have to make and they, they, they don't really know exactly how to do it. They don't have the tools to do that. The reason is, is that they have so much business activities that fill up their day and they fill up their time. So Mindful Clarity is a meditation-based service that allows them to gain that access to their own inner strength, their own inner abilities uh, on, a, on, a, on a level that, that permits them to, uh, to do this with grace and ease and clarity. That's why it's called Mindful Clarity. It's a 10-step program. It includes meditation and a number of other allied uh, disciplines, uh, things called journaling and visioning and the breathing techniques, several of them. And I work with people so they can use these techniques in a, in, a, in a way that uses meditation in a very limited way to start and then it grows over time so they can find access to their own inner strength and own, own inner, inner abilities. And why is it that now it's so important to have uh, an organization called Mindful Clarity? Why is it that it's important to be offering these services in this day and age? Uh, because we are... Our time is so constrained. We have our business. We have our family. Uh, we have other organizations that we're invo involved with all the time. So we don't – It's uh, I, every time I speak to people, I always complain, I wish I had time for or I wish I had the opportunity. So that's what Mindful Clarity does. It enables people to do that, and I recognize full well that people often have scant time that's available to them. But it's using time in little bite-sized pieces uh, that can grow over time into bigger chunks so that they, people can find some time for themselves. People will have, like, uh, different coaches that they work with, a business coach, a life coach, a leadership coach, sales trainers, sales coaches. All these things are terrific. So what my work is related to all of them, uh, but mine really comes from the inside out. Mine is the one that takes a look at what's on the inside that you can tap into so you can find your own inner uh, guidance system, your own, own compass. It's your own GPS, which comes through Mindful Clarity, which people desperately want these days. Yeah, I, I think that it's very resonant for a lot of, if not most people or, or everybody, that we all feel like we don't have enough time. We feel like we're all very busy. And I think sometimes that word is, is thrown around as well. Sometimes I think maybe we, we fill up our schedules to perhaps feel more important too. Right. And but having the opportunity to develop uh, really a, not only a mindfulness practice, but a, a mindful clarity practice in a lot of ways to be able to develop that and to clear your mind and to really 
assess, okay, what is it that you want to be doing and what actions do you need to take that will make you the most effective, the most efficient? I think that's an incredibly important work today because as we were mentioning before, it's just so easy to get distracted. And with all the noise, it becomes difficult to parse out what's the more important tasks that need to be done. Right, and a lot of this is really based on emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is the practice that has two parts. One is to understand where you are and have what's going on with you, and then to have empathy for the other person. And so mindful clarity taps into emotional intelligence because that's really where decisions and choices and actions take place. And it's, these are subtle energies that we're talking about. It's not overt. Subtle means that it is less than apparent. doesn't mean that it's not any stronger. So, so having an ability to, let's just say that I'm feeling angry about something and I'm angry uh, with somebody else. It's important for me to recognize my own uh, complicity in this matter, and then I can see where the other person is at and take a look at what's going on with them. By using meditation, you're able to step back from the immediate uh, actions that are taking place to see what else is going on. What's really happening here in this space? What, what are the real dynamics that are, are causing us this difficulty? And so having that comes through meditation so that you can have a moment to look inside and see where you are and see where other people are as well. Do you think that a lot of people struggle with emotional intelligence? Not necessarily in the way that they're like, oh, you know, I better work on my emotional intelligence, but more so that they just don't think about it or they're not aware. They're mostly unaware of it. It happens all the time. And so they don't think about it. Uh, emotional intelligence really is how do, how do I use my energies to the maximum? How do It's not about using my mind, which is great. You want to have information. You want to have rational thoughts. These are extremely important things. But people don't really think about the emotional aspect that takes place. Interestingly, really good salespeople get this because they understand that if they're trying to sell something to someone, they have to see where they are at and where the other person is. And if they're really good, they'll be able to see, well, they say that they don't really need this, but what's really happening for them? Do they maybe not understand enough about, what, about my service that I'm trying to sell? Are they feeling, maybe perhaps feeling afraid? Are they feeling threatened by this? So emotional intelligence is used by, by people really who want to enroll others in, in their activities and themselves. And so it is a practice. And so meditation allows you access to that emotional intelligence so you can use it with authenticity because that's what really people really want from anybody, anybody that you are in contact with. What they want more than anything else is you're free to be authentic because then they know that they can trust you. So if you, if you can ground yourself in authenticity and you can use uh, emotional intelligence as the, as the lever, that what makes what will make this happen really is meditation is the practice over and over of looking inside because that's where that's where the kingdom is anyway so it's both an awareness of yourself and then as well as an awareness of others correct yeah correct it's not just only about others like what am i what am i feeling about this right now am i feeling frustrated am i feeling hopeless am i feeling what, what's going on with me so I can relate, I can, I can take that and see what other people are so we can find a bridge. So if you have a dispute with somebody, you know, you have to really take, you have to be honest with yourself and to recognize, well, maybe this person hates change. 
maybe this person could not stand the fact that I'm too outgoing or whatever. You have to really to kind of take a look at that and, and to be honest with yourself and so that you can find ways to connect with them so that you can get what you want and they can get what they want. You can work together. And then be able to, uh, I, I kind of see it as almost uh, the people with almost the, the best emotional intelligence are those who are able to, I, I don't know if get along is the, the phrase, but like uh, to be in harmony with people from many different personality types. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. And that there's an art to that because we love to work with people that are just like ourselves. I'm outgoing. You're outgoing. We're going to get along great. What if you were a slug, you know, and I still had to work, <laughs> I still had to work with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, what if you like details about everything and you were very analytical? I could say, uh, I don't think this is for me. But, you know, the, the real joy is being able to be open to other personality types and other personality decision-making trees. And so that's where you get a lot of the joy because then you can be, you can you, you still be true to yourself, but you're able to connect with people where it's, it's where it's important to them. That's the key piece. Yeah. It's something that's always important for us to remember. And it's easy to forget sometimes too when we're in conversation with people or when we're working with people that sometimes we are so transfixed on our agenda right. that we, we forget about those around us when those are obviously just as important if you're all working towards a common mission or a common goal. Right. One of the things I say in my marketing practice is that there are two rules of marketing. I have a lot of rules about marketing. So two of the rules about marketing, the first one is, and it, marketing means enrollment, it means, it means registration, it means signing sales. It, so in this, what I'm going to say, marketing, it, it's just about getting people to buy your point of view. So the first rule of marketing is it's not about you. And the second rule of marketing is it's never about you. <laughs> so if you get that, if I want to enroll you in an idea that I have for our organization, it's very important for me not to focus, as you mentioned, on your own point of view. It's Your point of view does not matter. The only thing that matters is how the other person thinks, feels, and acts. So you have to be authentic to yourself, but have a conversation and live in the shoes of the other person. And that's where the empathy, emotional intelligence, and the meditative practice comes into play. Yeah, I absolutely love that, too, that... Uh you know, and in another way that I've heard you phrase it before is that nobody cares about you. That's right. And at first it's like, oh man, what what nobody cares about? <laughs> oh man, like poor me. But then you take a step back and you're like, oh, that actually, it makes a lot of sense. And right. you, you really analyze it and you, you uh, begin to develop an understanding that it's absolutely true that nobody is thinking about you. And when you're marketing whether it is yourself or whether it is your product or your service, yeah, I love what you're saying, that it can't really be from your point of view. Right. Right. The other thing rules of marketing is the first rule of marketing you remember is, it's, is that nobody cares about you. And it's because they have their own lives to lead. They're not, they're not thinking about you. The second thing is they will only remember the problem you solve. 
So, so many people talk about their credentials and their expertise and their achievements and their academic exposure and their credentials of one kind or another. And nobody cares about that because they're not going to remember it. It's not important. They will only remember a problem that you solve. What problem do you solve? And the third thing is they will not do the work to figure it out. So if you give them all these things, they have to filter through and they have to think, how does this relate to me? What is the, how is this important to me? Uh, and they're not going to do that because people, are, as you pointed out earlier, they're overwhelmed by messaging, so they're not going to do that work. Yeah. So that's sort of a basic building block of what I do professionally in my, in my branding and messaging service, which also relates to, to, relates to the mindful clarity practice as well. And you have to focus on the fact that you, know, you, are, you want to really convince people that you're a listener. And once you get their ear, then of course you can talk about your credentials and your achievements and so forth. But you can't get to chapter two before you get to chapter one. <laughs> right, right, right. I think mean, that's definitely a good rule to live by. Right. I'm wondering, so much of what we talk about on this podcast, a lot of what we discuss is our relationship to technology and really how technology in a lot of ways can be an asset in, in our interactions and our relationships, but also how it could be a detriment as well. And I'm wondering if you could speak to your work on mindful clarity, on branding and marketing, because the social media space, the online space, especially when it comes to branding and marketing, right. is such a, a huge space now. So in your work, how do you think that we can use technology and social media to our advantage? And then what are ways that we could steer clear from the various distractions that it could present to our work? Well, the, the online world in terms of communications is just a, a recent chapter you know, before that there was television. Before that there was radio. Before that there was magazines. Now those are most of, a lot of those are no longer as prominent these days. So it's it really is how do you use technology so that it serves your communication purpose? And so you, the, the idea here is you want to be you want to be strategic in how you use it. You need to have a plan so that everything builds on each other. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm going to launch my new website or I'm going to initiate a social, social media campaign. And those things are all great, but to answer your question, te technology serves us when we manage it so that it all relates to everything else that our organizations are doing. Or even if you're a solopreneur, how do you use all the different aspects so that it makes sense and brings you the kind of results that you want? You want to use technology. You don't want to abuse it because if you, if you send too many emails, people will just shut you out. Yeah. So if you send too many text messages, uh, uh, which I'm sure we all get, people just shut you out and block you. So you want to use technology so that it relates to your brand and is part of an overall strategy. If you have an event, let's just say you want to bring people in to an event, how does that relate to the other public relations activities that you're going to have? How would that impact your new product introduction, if you have any? or maybe restaging an existing product? How would it relate to your past clients as well as your, your future clients? So everything has to be thought through so that technology serves the purpose of what it's intended to do. It's a tool, and it's a great metric for sure to, if you use it properly. You just have to be sure that it's all coordinated effectively. Right. Yeah, I think it's something 
very important for to always keep in mind that it needs to be used as a tool and also that there needs to be a strategy with using it. Right. I think that it's easy to forget that sometimes where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to post whatever, whenever, and see see what happens. So will like throw uh, spaghetti at the wall and see, see what sticks. Right. But I think, yeah, I think it is important to have a strategy because to kind of go off what we were discussing before, it also gives you more clarity with regards to what you need to do and how you're going to use social media or technology to enhance or improve your message. Exactly. Clarity and distinction of your voice is critical. That's how you can use social media or frankly any media is having that distinctive voice. What does your brand stand for that, that's, that's unique? I always talk about uh, Nike and Martha Stewart because those are two, my two favorite marketers. We'll talk with Mar- about Martha Stewart. You know, she is, she is what's called doyen or senior member of, of a group of domestic bliss. So you step into Martha Stewart's world, it's a way of stepping into someone who's a leader who understands Domestic, the domestic bliss, kitchen, bath, bedroom, anything she touches is all about having the most blissful environment. So that's, that is really the way that she uses, and she uses lots of social media for that. The other one is Nike, and Nike, but Nike's brand is, it's about performance. They own that. Nobody else can touch them in performance. Now, they have sub-brands in men's, women's, and extreme sports uh, activities, children's, etc. But they're all under the same uh, umbrella of performance. It's a performance brand. So those two start with the blueprint of what their brand stands for, and it gets executed in ways that people will, that's how they consume uh, messages. Typically these days they consume it uh, digitally. Sometimes texting is a good idea, often it's not. Uh, You need to find the right balance of a mixture, and also uh, there's also an element of physicality that's important too, to have a physical place where people can often come and experience your product. Uh, I went to uh, a conference yesterday. It was, it was called uh, Market Intelligence Summit. It's about very, very up-to-date uses of technology and data collection. And clearly, a lot of the way business works these days eliminates the need for human contact. Hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just not necessary. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, that there's a, there is a limitation is that I think the people are still people and the people still have senses and they still want to have their senses met. They still want to have human contact. Uh, so I think that as we go forward in exploring digital activities, we have to be sure that we have some, sel- some semblance of human contact with people. A lot of companies have pop-up stores. Uh, there also could be uh, webinars where people actually can, can see and talk to each other. There are, there are ways that we want to be able to include people as opposed to just marginalize people and just giving it over to customer service to handle any complaints. That's okay to have good customer service, but that's not going to drive your business forward. It's vital. And it's good to have a, uh, a voice on the other end of the phone, but it's also good that if I'm going to buy a product, I, I'd like to actually see it, maybe talk to somebody. Like, I, I, I wear glasses, and, you know, Warby Parker is my vendor of choice. Now, I could buy everything online. You know, they have this. Do you know about Par- Warby Parker? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But may I? Uh, why exactly? I, I know that there's a lot of hype around Warby Parker, but why is that? Well, they have revolutionized 
glasses. And among other things is that you never have to go to a store. You can actually go online and you can try them on sort of in a sort of a faux way uh, where you can put on different glasses, uh, and use your own face, and you can see how they look, and then they send it to you. And if you don't like any of the glasses, you can just send them all back. And that's great, and it works for lots of people. I actually prefer to go to the store because I want to have somebody there who can advise me because I don't really only want to take a look at my own taste. I want someone to say, uh, that makes your face look too small or that'll make your face look too thin or whatever the deal is. I like to have somebody who is available to do that with me and they're happy to provide it. So they're a good example of they, they get it that people want both experiences. Some people, they live in, let's just say, in a place where they don't have a Warby Parker nearby and they do everything online, but they have plenty of urban locations where people can come and actually talk to others and get advice. Should I get tortoise shell or should I get clear? Or should I, you know, <laughs> how should I, what do you think? It's having a, an advisor, so it's key piece. Yeah, so I guess it's figuring out, or rather leaning into that balance of, Yes, we want to embrace technology and all the great things that it offers, but we don't want to lose the personalized human-to-human touch that is critical for for many buyers and and many people that you might be selling to. Right, and you know some products are more prone to having a human touch. If I just want to buy office products, I really don't need a lot to have. uh, I don't have to have a lot of human interaction. I go to staples.com, I can order whatever supplies I need. That's pretty straightforward. But in more high-touch kinds of or personal products and services, whether it's a lawyer or an accountant or clothing or glasses, there's some element of the touch that's critical. And and there's neuro-linguistic programming, which is an approach to, um, to creating outcomes that you want using energy. We'll talk about the touch is critical. Just having a human touch is a, is a very key piece, as well as the other senses as well. Yeah, we're we're programmed for to, to interact with one another. Correct, and that's not going to change because people are still people. Yeah. Well, Marty, thanks so much for joining me on the show. This oh, was this was great. I really appreciated you joining me. But also, not only that, but I also really appreciate the work that you're doing Thank and you. and connecting people. You've connected me to to so many great people. Uh, so, given my testimonial right now. Thank you and, very much. And also in your work to develop mindful clarity, because I think this is something that a lot of people really need today where there's just so many distractions around us. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Oh, you're quite welcome. I'm delighted to be on your show. Absolutely. Before heading out, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners where they could learn more information about you and your work. I would be delighted. So my website is www.connectors360.com. And you can reach me, if you'd like, via email at marty at connectors360.com. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, for our listeners out there, we'll make sure to include those links within the show notes. So just scroll down and you'll be able to click those links provided. Can I give you my phone number too? Oh, yeah, yeah, if you'd like. For those people who are interested in having a phone conversation, uh, my number is 212 920 4555. Perfect. 
Well, listeners, I highly recommend giving that number a call. Thank you. Thank <laughs> uh, you very much. Marty, one last question for you. What is your definition of a meaningful relationship? A meaningful relationship is one is a relationship that provides value to both people on multiple levels, emotional, rational, rational, uh, physical, and spiritual. And that's how it becomes meaningful. It's also, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to talk about meaningful relationships these days. But what I think in in its truest sense, it's how you can connect with somebody fully and be engaged with them in all different areas. And in every area, that's what a meaningful relationship. And it isn't only in personal or romantic. It certainly makes sense in business as well to have that kind of intimacy that takes place through having a meaningful relationship. But I think that's what people crave and what people really want more than anything else. Great. Well, we'll leave our listeners with that then. So, Marty, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.